This episode is brought to you by the Nutrition Treatment Center. Are you feeling tired, fat, bloated, weak? Yet at the same time, you're training like you've never trained before? You're eating cleaner than you've ever eaten before? Well, maybe you're doing everything right, but there's something wrong inside your body that's counteracting all the good things that you're doing. It's kind of like driving down the Garden State Parkway with your foot on the gas pedal, but you're not getting anywhere because the parking brake's on. And in the world of nutrition, that parking brake could be food sensitivities. For example, you could be eating grilled chicken, but it's actually making you fat. Or you could have a micronutrient deficiency. If you're feeling tired, fat, bloated, weak, and you think you're doing everything right, go visit our friend Dr. Tom over at the Nutrition Treatment Center. If you tell them that Advanced Training referred you, he will take 25% off your first consultation fee. This man legitimately changed my life. He brought me from, and I'll just say the numbers, 19.5% body fat, a guy who trained all the time, down to 12% body fat. I lost weight while eating more, and I've never felt better, and I'm, I'm an old man now. I'm not a young man, and I've never felt better. This guy saved my life. I 100% believe in what he's done. Again, visit Dr. Tom over at the nutritiontreatmentcenter.com. What is your mission, John? It's much deeper than a goal. Without a mission, it's easy to lose perspective on what truly matters. A mission will make you think beyond the moment, which is greatly important. Because the only thing that is significant about the moment is who you become in the process and the impact you have on others. This comes from the great book, Chop Wood, Carry Water by Josh Medcalf. So I said before and I'll say it again, advanced training is way more than just about, a, about working out or a group of people getting after it. What we do as a unit is we try and push ourselves to the next level. And the thing that we're doing right now is we are holding each other accountable to our missions. And I like in this little excerpt that it talked about a mission versus a goal. People can have goals. And I, I know it's important and powerful to write stuff down and write your goals down. And that's been a very effective technique. Now to build on top of that, I want you to think about in your mind what it is to see someone that you know is on a mission. When you look at somebody and say, man, that guy is on a mission. There's a difference in the way you feel about the goal versus the mission. The mission is almost like right now. I'm doing something right now. I'm in the middle of this mission right now. The goal is what comes at the end of that mission. And I love it when you could see a guy living his life and you can just feel that that person is on a mission. Sometimes you just want to get out of that person's way. I'm gonna, I don't want to stop this mission. He'll run me right over. Or sometimes you want to jump on his back and help him. Come on, man. I'm going to help you achieve this mission. So with advanced training, what we decided to do was help each other realize our missions. And I know that people talked about things like gratitude journals and writing stuff down. But if it's, think about how accountable you would need to be to yourself and to someone else if you actually had an accountability coach along the way. So here is what we did. We had guys define these things. One, what is my mission? Right? Figure out what your mission is first. Then two, every day they would have to contact their accountability coach and answer these three questions. Question one, what did I do to live my mission today? So now you're not off the hook. Now you have to live your mission every day. If you did anything else but go on that mission, it was waste. Number two, what am I grateful for? It's impossible to be depressed when you are grateful. Try it. It's not possible. The point of this question was to make sure that people took the time to reflect on the stuff that was going, going well. That mission's going to be tough. You're going to work on it every day, but you're not going to always achieve things every day. You're going to try, but maybe you don't succeed, or maybe it just wore you down. Well, part two was, 
let's reflect and let's see what makes me happy. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be a small thing. It doesn't matter. And number three was, who did I help today? Because it's not all about you. If you achieve your mission, but you hurt 20 people along the way, well, then that's a failure. So again, I'll remind you of what we're doing. We have guys defining their mission. They have an accountability coach. They've at, they, we made them go out and find one. We didn't say, uh, yeah, you're with you and you're with you. We didn't uh, pre-select who was with who. We said, go out, ask a guy in the group to be your accountability coach. That's working on courage. That takes a lot. Hey, man, can you coach me? Especially when you've got a big ego or you're an alpha male and you don't want to do these type of things. No, this is, man, I need help. I can't do this alone. So go out and find your accountability coach. Then every day, they have to contact that, that accountability coach and say, what did I do to live my mission? What am I grateful for? And who did I help today? And then that accountability coach, it's their job. Sounds pretty obvious, but it's their job to keep them accountable. And it's twofold, right? Twofold process. Process one, guy has to be willing to put his ego at the door and ask for help. Process two, now, if you're an accountability coach, it's not just about you. It's about you mentoring somebody else. It's about you maybe finding out your, something about yourself along the way. So for me, again, advanced training is way bigger than just guys working out. Trying to develop systems and programs to develop us as complete and total human beings and helping each other out along the way. Look, uh, I'm a coach. I don't do a lot of coaching with these guys in terms of, you know, put your foot here, put your shoulder there, and we're doing techniques. Uh, and In many instances, I'm trying to feel that maybe I am now becoming a, a coach of coaches because these are all incredible men that have developed into this program. A lot of them are coaching other people, and now this was just a forum to help everybody, everybody grow together. So what's going to happen on this podcast is we are going to listen to some quick Q&As from guys who were either coached who were either uh, coaching or both. We're going to break it down. Uh, I think this is pretty interesting. We're going to hear the coach talk first on what their perspective was of that person. And then you're going to hear about that person on the perspective of how they did with their mission. It's pretty interesting. It doesn't always sound the same. Some guys think, man, I, I let, my, uh, let my guy down. I let my guy down. And then the other guy said, he really helped me so much. So maybe you, you'll start to see that coaches mean a lot more to people than you think. It's, it's cool to hear that guys learn so much more about each other in this process than they ever did just from working out with them, just from pushing a prowler with them every day. Now they're starting to get inside their heads. They're getting, starting to see what their why behind why they're doing things. It's also great to see how guys learned about themselves by coaching others. And really, when you're coaching others, you're just developing so much more as a human being. So before we get into those segments, which I'll get to quick, very quickly, I want to just let you know the type of questions that they were being asked. So... With respect to coaching, the qu first question was, what was the most challenging part of being someone else's coach? Right? It's not easy to be someone else's coach. Was it hard to actually find the time? You've got a busy life. Maybe you are on your own mission. What was the most challenging part of being someone else's coach? Was it the time? Was it hard to give feedback? Did you not want to tell somebody, ah, you messed up today? Or maybe you should have did this. And was it hard to, pressing, to press the person you were coaching to report back daily? Did you feel badly about it? Hey, man, uh, it's been two days. Are you on this mission or not? These are the uncomfortable questions that you have to ask if you want to succeed in life. The second question on coaching was, what did you learn about the, po the person you were coaching? And what surprised you the most? You think you know a guy. You think you know a guy as you're you know, carrying a farmer's walk around with him, with him or pushing a prowler. Maybe you, you think you know him as you're doing the tough man against him. But do you really know him? Maybe you just know one side of him. 
And then the last question on coaching was, did coaching someone else change you in any way? Did you learn anything new about yourself? Were you inspired to make any changes in your own personal life? Man, that's, that's just deep because you could be helping someone else and at the same time really not only either be inspired by their actions or discover something about yourself along the way. So we're going to break this down into the coach. They're going to answer these questions on how they felt about coaching someone else. And then in response, you're going to hear how the person felt about being coached. We're going to ask them what their mission was and how hard was it to pick a mission. I'll tell you, for me, it was hard. I had too many things going on in my mind. It was hard to pick one. And then we ask, what impact did having an accountability coach have on you progressing towards your mission? Did it make you do stuff on days where you didn't feel like doing it? Did it make you feel like you were letting the other person down if you didn't do it? Essentially, now it's not just your mission. It's your mission and your accountability coach's mission, right? Like it's you and them. Did being on a mission change your mindset more than simply having a goal? Man, I just love that saying. That guy is on a mission or I'm on a mission. That just, to me, that just completely changes things. I'm saying, I got a goal. I say, I, I, my goal is to lose 10 pounds. Think about how different it is. I'm on a mission to lose 10 pounds. I'm on a mission to bench 385. I'm on a mission to win the tough man. Think about that versus my goal is to win the tough man. The next question is, what was the hardest part, part of this process? Was it finding the right coach? Was it being honest with your coach? Was it getting feedback from your coach? Maybe you don't want to hear what you're not doing right. Was it finding the time to do it daily? The next question was, what did you learn about yourself from having to report out on what you were grateful for? I think a lot of guys realize that it's not the uh, the Maserati that you should be grateful for. <laughs> Maybe it's, you know, your wife cooking a nice meal or your parents still being around. Little Having all your fingers and toes intact and you're still able to function at the highest level physically. I don't know. You'll hear what they have to say. The next question is, what did you learn about yourself from having to do one thing for someone else every day? For some guys, it was easy. For some guys, it was a, a new perspective. But again, this is not about you. It's about everyone. It's about how you're picking up the people around you. And the last question was, what did you learn about your coach along the way? And how did your relationship with your coach help you coach somebody else? I, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I feel like I was telling my coach things that I didn't tell many people and uh, opening up to him a lot more than I've opened up to other people and he tremendously helped me along the way. So without further ado, we're going to break this up into segment by segment, coach first, then uh, the person who's being coached. Some people are going to go twice because they were both being coached and a coach. Enjoy. Here's Joe Trunzo on talking about his experience being the accountability coach for Joe Sarno. On coaching, what was the most challenging part of being someone else's coach? For me, the most challenging part of being someone's coach, and I was Joe Sarno's coach, um, was making sure that what I was saying and the advice I was giving was on point for his mission and was useful. Um, I'm not the kind of person, and I hate people that just talk for the sake of blowing hot air or you know, just give advice that's either very obvious or very useless. So I stressed the most on, I want to make sure I'm giving Joe pointed advice that is relevant to what he's doing. And at the same time, I wanted that advice to be very useful and easily applicable, not something 
pie in the sky that he's like, okay, yeah, you know, I can never, I can never do that. So that was the hardest part for me. Finding time was not that hard for me. Um, when I get involved in something like this, I go, you know, two feet in, um, I made sure every single day and I, I continue to make sure every single day that I reach out to Joe. So it's not the time. Um, it wasn't that hard to press Joe to report back in daily. I think Joe is taking the relationship as serious as I am. So, um, the hard part for me was just making sure the feedback was on point and, and something that Joe would find useful. What did I learn about the person I was coaching? Well, I, there was a lot I already knew about Joe, but I definitely learned a lot. The first is that Joe is just as driven, if not more driven than I am with respect to what his mission is. And I'm not going to, you know, it's up to him to talk about his mission. That's not my job to say what that is. But Joe was like a sponge. He, it wasn't, hey, I'm going to give this advice. And the response was, okay, or sure, thanks. It was Joe following up with questions or Joe saying, hey, I'm going to try to do it this way. I'm going to call you if, if X or Y. Okay, not a problem. Um, he was ready to apply the things I was saying as fast as he could and as thoughtfully as he could. And I could just tell how determined he was in, in accomplishing his mission. And that wasn't surprising, but that was the most obvious thing. What surprised me the most, I think, was how timely and prompt Joe was. And that goes back to something I've said about Joe previously, where when I first met Joe and I had first come back to the program, Joe was not the most reliable guy and he was not the most prompt guy. Um, that has done a complete 180 over the past you know, year or more, as, I, as I've said in the past. But surely throughout this process, it was the same thing. It was like clockwork every single day. Joe was ready for advice. He was ready to talk. He wanted coaching. And uh, that was something that maybe was a little surprising given his past history and maybe what some guys may think they know about Joe. But uh, truthfully, it wasn't all that surprising for me. Did coaching someone else change me in any way? Yeah, it definitely did. Um, It forced me to learn about myself or maybe relearn about myself because, you know, Joe's mission is not my mission. Um, I had not previously had to spend much time thinking about the things that Joe was thinking about. But in order to help him, I had to. And so it forced me, A, to put myself in his shoes. Joe and I are in very different places in our life. Um, I'm a lot older than he is. Uh, again, his his mission is not my mission. I might have used the word goal, but his, his mission is not my mission. So in order to help him achieve his mission, it required me revolve, uh, evolving and adapting and learning a bit about myself to, to move, to help move him forward. Was I inspired to make any changes in my own personal life? I absolutely was. And really it, it was pretty simple. It came down to, Hey, this guy Sarno is this dedicated and this devoted to his mission. Like, man, I got to get off my ass and, and, you know, maybe I, I need to rededicate myself to certain things. It actually helped me accomplish my own mission, even though they couldn't have been further apart in terms of what they were. It was Man, like this guy's soaking up everything I'm saying. He, he's active in, in his engagement in this. And I see how dedicated he is. You know, I, I've got to be that dedicated. I've got to be the same way. And so, you know, that, that change. And, you know, I want to thank Joe for that. His involvement as a student set an example for how I should be as a student. And it really helped the whole program come together. 
Here's Joe Sarno talking about his mission. Hello, how's it going, everybody? Uh, this is Joe Sarno speaking. Um, I get a little bit to talk about my mentor, which I'm really excited about because this is a guy that um, has really has really grown to be one of my uh, my closest friends. And yeah, so here we go. All right, so first off, my mentor is Joe Trunzo. Um, he actually just texted me recently asking if um, he could say it on his podcast. And I said, hell yeah, man, of course. I'm, I'm honored to be his mentee, and I'm honored that he's my mentor. All right, so uh, my mission. So my mission actually is a little bit different. It's not really down in the fitness area, like I'm sure a lot of other guys were. Uh, mine is more in the, you know, in the business aspect because – I'm starting my own business. So I, I've just started Headstrong Fitness SI. If you guys haven't listened to Coach's podcast already, um, it's a training business. You know, I take a lot of the principles that I've learned from Coach, a lot of principles that I've learned from a lot of other places, and I kind of blend them into one to make it my own thing. Um, so when Joe, when I first reached out to Joe and I talked to him about the mentor program, I said, I was like, oh, who's your, uh, who's your mentor? He was like, I don't have one. I said, Joe Trons doesn't have a mentor? What is going on? So I had to jump on that right away, right? So uh, coach said, how do you, how did I select my mission? So obviously I select my mission just, you know, based off the times. I just recently started this business. This isn't, um, this isn't something that, you know, has been around for a couple of years, like, like AT has. You know, this is something that really sprouted over the last two, three months. So I knew I just needed help with it. And I knew Joe was going to be a guy, even though, you know, I didn't even know he had any business experience. Um, but I just knew he was a guy that was going to help me. You know, he was, he was going to be a guy that's going to benefit me in some way. Right. Um, so what impact did having an accountability coach have on your progress towards the mission? I, I think this is a big one because the way that Joe communicated with me probably wasn't like most other accountability coaches. You know, we didn't talk all day, every day. We didn't, um, you know, I, I didn't expect to just cause you know, sometimes I'm at the field for, Four, you know, four, I mean, I wish probably 13 hours a day. I was here the other day, you know, so it's the time adds up definitely. And Joe knows that Joe understands, you know, I'm working, I'm working. That's it. So I get a text every night from about nine 30, 10 o'clock. And it says, how did you grow your business? Today? What did you do today to make headstrong better? You know, something along those lines. And I got to think to myself, I got to think, you know, how am I going to answer this question every day, every day? How am I going to answer that question? You know, what did I do today to make sure I answer that question in the best case, in the best possible way? All right, so that's definitely one way how it progressed to me. It just kept me on task. And, you know, and like you said, it's an accountability coach, right? So he definitely held me accountable. Uh, did that ever force me to take action on days where it just didn't feel like it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes, and I, I can think of one right off the top of my head is just basically getting him him getting me back in contact with Coach Manos when we went to go out to his, you know, coaches uh, training out guys out in Jersey, out on his lawn. And, you know, that guy can't stop coaching. You know, you just can't stop being a coach. And that's all I've ever wanted to be. You know, I've always just wanted to coach. I've always wanted to help. I've always wanted to just be that guy that can be dependent on. Right? So we went down there for a workout, and Coach had to speak. And, you know, I said my thing and talked about adversity, talked about the season because, you know, I'm a coach at Tottenville. And Joe Tronzo came up and he said, he was like, I'm not a guy that played all four years. And, 
you know what? I got to live with that for the rest of my life. But what are you going to do with your four? You know, what are you going to do with your four? I started pointing out kids, pointing out kids. And it kind of just, it made me realize like, you know what? The kids that I'm influencing, kids I'm coaching, they got four years to do this. That's it. You know, that's a blip. That is a blip in the life, right? They got four years to make it the best four years. They like to make lifelong friends, to make lifelong memories, life lasting, everything, right? Because you don't forget this stuff, right? I always say, you know, uh, Coach Neville said on a previous podcast, you know, you don't remember who you sat next to in geometry class when you were a senior in high school, but you're going to remember who you lined up next to on fourth and three against the Rasmus Hall in the championship, in the city championship. Right, so these are these are relationships you're gonna make for the rest of your life. All right, I know I'm, I'm rambling a little. I'm getting off topic. I'm trying to stay on a little more. Um, did it ever make you feel like the mission was bigger than you? Because now your coach is part of it too. I, I think so, absolutely. You know, and that goes right to Joe. You know, I have T-shirts, stuff like that. Joe bought a T-shirt off me. He said he was like, every time we leave this house, man. He goes, every time I leave this house, that shirt's going on. You know, we're branded all all day, every day. As soon as I get a chance to. It's on, it's on, it's on, it's on, right? And that's something that I'm super grateful for. And it makes me just realize, you know, he's got, it's not just, it's not just all talk, you know, like he's got my back. You know, he's going to help me. He's got my back. He's got my back. All right. On to the next one. Did being on a mission change your mindset or simply having a goal? Um, so I, me personally, I'm not really a guy that, um, that ever doesn't have a mission, you know? So I, I, I always set goals for myself. I always set, um, I guess set missions for myself that are attainable. I try to make them smart goals, but there's always something I'm striving for. There's never, never something I'm doing. That's not goal oriented. So in my opinion, that is a mission. You know, I'm, I'm on a mission to, to, to complete all of my goals in any way that I can. Uh, next one, what was the hardest part of this process? Um, for me, it was just the time constraint, right? So Finding the right coach, that's, that's, I said it before, like, this is kind of a BS question. Um, finding the right coach is easy, man, when you're around these guys. You're around the guys like AT. You know, they're guys that genuinely care. And that's something that I've spoken to a lot about a lot of people. You know, people want to talk to me about, you know, coaching, anything like that. First thing I say is you just got to show a kid you care. That's it. All you got to do is show a kid you care. You show a kid you care, they'll run through a brick wall for you. And all these guys, I know I'm saying kid a lot, I'm saying kid a lot. Listen, man, they show me they care. That's for sure. They show me they care. All right, and Joe Tronzo definitely one of them. Speaking of, I'm walking at the field right now. I just had a couple calls to me now. Take care, guys. All right. So uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. What do you learn about yourself from having to do one thing with someone else every day? So, um, this question, I kind of, you know, I do this every day. This is, this is my life. My choice is to help other people. My, my life is to, you know, help people get better in any way that they possibly can. So just recently doing it is different. <laughs> I mean, I've always done it, so I don't really address this question too much. Uh, what do you learn about your coach along the way? So I actually learned that, you know, Joe had some experience with, you know, owning a business before. And, you know, he was able to pass me on some value knowledge about that and value experiences. Um, and, yeah, I mean, besides that, it's nothing I didn't know about him already. You know, it's something I didn't know about him already. I mean, when I picked Joe Tronzo to be my accountability coach, 
I expected the best and I got the best. And in my opinion, in myself including, there's nobody better for it. Here's John Goldman talking about coaching Joe Trunzo. Goldman apparently uh, took all my questions and threw them in the garbage, but he certainly has a beautiful mind and did an awesome job. All right, John Goldman here. Here's my five-minute Monday, if you will. On the man I coach, the heart and soul of advanced training, the 2020 Tough Man winner, and the face that runs the place, if you will, Mr. Joe Trunzo. When Trunzo texted me, asked if I could hold him accountable, I was honored, but I was also a little scared. I was scared because I knew what came with the territory. I knew that in typical Trunzo fashion, he would take this mission with the utmost respect and passion and check in with me daily. And I knew I owed it to him to give him the same time back he gave it to me by opening up. To no one's surprise, little to my surprise, that's exactly what he did. For over a month, I received nightly texts outlining his short-term goals, his long-term goals, and what he did each day to achieve those goals. John Joe had everything from goals with his child, work, working out. And on this journey, I saw him regularly open out more and more each and every single day. What I thought at first would be a difficult task for me actually became fairly easy because what worked for him was pretty simple. Just having me there to listen and give him tough love when he may needed it was basically all, all that I needed to do. And then he did the rest. I don't know Trunzo very long in the sense of years, but we learned more about each other in the past few months than I know some of my oldest friends. One of my biggest takeaways from our day-to-day was basically his insatiable appetite to always be looking forward to the next thing in life, to have a sense of anxiety, worrying about what else is next, and has led to so many times of him missing beautiful moments and what's going on now. I think hearing him talk about it, having him have the platform to express that issue learning with him opening up with him on past experiences we both have led to him becoming more present and stop letting time pass us by worrying about tomorrow instead we focus on conquering today and reaching those goals that we set it was truly humbling when i started to hear him tell stories because he then was having a self-realization moment and there were days he told me that he didn't really get to focus on a long-term goal because his short-term goal he turned his phone off he put it away and he spent more time with his son which is basically all he wanted and without him even noticing was attaining his long-term goals i'll leave you with this um, a quote I love by Buddha, but for the sake of this podcast and to stay on brand here, let's just say it was by the macho man Randy Savage. And this was basically a testament to everything uh, Chunzo and I discussed for the past couple of months. But it's don't dwell in the past, don't dream of the future, concentrate on the present, because the more focused you are on time, past and future, the more you miss the now. And that's the most precious thing there is. Thanks for the chance for allowing me in this, knowing I'm absent all the time because uh, geographical reasons. I know I'm still training. I know I'm coming back for the tough man next year. And I'm glad to be a part of AT. Here's Joe Trunzo talking about being on his mission. What was my mission? Well, I had a short-term goal and a long-term mission. We don't have to get into the short-term goal. The long-term mission was to be more present in the moment. 
uh, selected my mission because I have a pretty crazy job. I'm, I'm working around the clock. I uh, never really have time off, constantly checking email and refreshing email, waiting for the next thing to come in that we need to do, we need to accomplish as a team at, at work. And so, so many times I'm, I feel like I'm tethered to a cell phone or tethered to a laptop where I don't get to just enjoy the moment that I'm in because I'm checking my phone to make sure I didn't get another email or that I didn't miss anything. And I think that was the hardest part of selecting the mission was that it went against everything that got me as far as I've gotten in my career. It made me change certain things with respect to my career. Um, and that was uncomfortable because, you know, I've gotten this far, I'm 33 years old and changing the way I approach my career to say, Hey, you know what? That, that email can wait. That work project can wait was difficult. What impact did having an accountability coach have on my progressing towards my mission? Uh, I mean, it had everything. I didn't want to let my coach down. My coach took a very, very keen interest in helping me achieve my mission. He still does. Uh, if I didn't reach out to him, he reached out to me. Uh, I never wanted to be on the receiving end of a text and tell him, nah, you know what, coach? I, I checked the email all day, sat on my computer all day. I, I, I couldn't really spend time in the moment today. And in the moment to me means with my wife and with my son. I want to you know, throw a blanket back and forth to my son for 25 minutes. And if it takes 25 minutes, it took me 25 minutes and work had to wait 25 minutes. And, you know, I never wanted to say to my coach, hey, I couldn't do it today because that's not what this was about. We were trying to take positive strides every single day. And I think that we did that. Um, was being on a mission, did it change my mindset rather than having a goal? Ab absolutely. A mission is something that is ongoing and permanent. A goal is something that you can achieve in a relatively short time period. But a mission is something that, it's long-term. It's, it's something you continue to work out. And even if it's accomplished, you don't just check it off the list. You continue building it and, and, and keeping it going. And I think calling it a mission as opposed to a goal was, was very big. The hardest part of the process for me was breaking my habit of being the most responsive guy at work. Reporting daily wasn't that bad. The feedback from my coach was not bad. I'm, I'm generally very open to feedback. Um, finding the right coach is actually very easy. Uh, I used John Goldman, who is the most live in the moment guy that I that I know. I you know pick any contact in my phone. I have hundreds. John Goldman to me is the most live in the moment guy that I could have could have had. And so finding the right coach was pretty easy. But the hardest part of the process was not being the immediately responsive guy or hearing a work email arrive in my inbox and saying, you know what, I'm not going to go check that right now. I'm going to sit here and enjoy the moment with my kid. I'm going to enjoy some time with my wife. And you know what? If, if 15 minutes pass or 20 minutes pass and someone sends me a passive aggressive email like, hey, Trunzo, what do you think about that? What do you think about this? You know, I was going to be okay with that. That to me was the hardest part. What did I learn about reporting on what I was grateful for? Um, this is something I actually did do a lot with John. There might've been a few days where I didn't say what I was grateful for, but I generally try to. And what it made me realize is that I have a lot of people that I'm grateful for. Um, I feel like almost every time I responded to John with what I was grateful for, it had to do with people. Someone either said something or did something. Maybe they didn't even know what they did, but it was someone who was like, hey, you know what? This person did this today and I'm thankful for that person. Uh, and so I, it made me realize that there are people in my life that I'm very thankful for. What did I learn about myself from having to do one thing for someone else every day? 
Uh, just learned that I'm a generous person. I feel like I, I, I was already in, in tune with that quite a bit, that I have a, a, a generous streak. Uh, but this just made me more cognizant of it. And, you know, since it was a daily check-in with my coach, it was something that I wanted to make sure I, I did every day. What did I learn about my coach along the way? I learned that John is a really thoughtful guy. Um, you know, he comes across, I think, in our training sessions as this hyperactive tough, strong, you know, at a moment's notice kind of guy. And I think it might be lost on a lot of guys in our group that he's actually a thoughtful guy with really keen insight on things. And I didn't mean to be disrespectful when I say John's the most live in the moment guy I know that to some people might sound like he's undisciplined or he flies off the handle. That's not how I meant it at all. Uh, And I didn't even realize that prior to making him my coach. John is a live-in-the-moment guy, but it's all by design. John tries to maximize the things in his life that he finds important and that bring him happiness and that bring people he cares about happiness. And that became so crystal clear to me as I got to know him a little bit better throughout the coaching process. Um, my relationship with John has grown immensely, and I think he would agree with that since we, since we started um, this coach-student relationship. Um, now we, we talk all the time, not even about, not even within the coach student paradigm. We, we talk as friends and he confides certain things in me and I confide certain things in him. But yeah, the biggest takeaway was just how thoughtful and, um, how much of a, of a calculated approach John has to things, which I didn't really know going in. Here's James Uske talking about being a coach. He doesn't reveal who he's coaching. We'll get to that right after this. You know, first question, what was the most part challenging part of being someone else's coach? I I think uh you know probably I, I think the person I'm coaching, you know, has been doing a great job of accomplishing his missions. Yes, missions, plural. Um the hardest part really is is trying to find constructive feedback to give because well, he's crushing it so far. So instead what I've I've tried to do is is maybe ask probing questions from time to time to maybe get him to think about and attack his mission in different ways. Um, but honestly, uh, I guess the challenging part itself is, is just finding things to, to give feedback on um, because he's doing so well. What did you learn about the person you're coaching? What surprised you the most? You know, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this, you know, thinking about it. Um, but really what surprised me the most was how much this person truly, truly, cares about others um and I, and I really have to say it's it's amazing and inspiring last question did did coaching someone else change you in any way um you know i have to say this experience has been phenomenal so far especially for me because it gave me a glimpse um behind the curtain um of a person's life that i truly look up to um and I get and I get to see how this person attacks his goals and missions on a daily basis, and it shows me how I need to adjust the way I attack my own mission in order to accomplish it. Um, so overall, just a phenomenal experience, and I look forward to continuing. In case you didn't guess it, I am the mystery man that Uski was talking about. He was my accountability coach, and I'm going to start dissecting these questions one by one. So the first one was, what was my mission? So. This was tough. It was tough for me to pick a mission. My original mission was way too big. It would have taken way too long. 
and it would have been almost impossible to quantify or qualify every single day that I made progress toward the mission. I'd also say that it was a bit selfish. So what I did was I broke it up into mini chunks and I basically took it as one mission at a time. So I achieved one mission and then when that was done I went to the second one. My first mission, this is whatever if you love it or not, but I had this book of all of my football knowledge from the last 20 years of coaching. And it had stuff broken into sections, like here's offense, here's defense, here's special teams. But along the way, it got out of hand. I was, had too much stuff in one section, not enough stuff in the other. And I couldn't easily find stuff that I wanted. And I know some people would say, man, why don't you put it on a computer? But it, it's not as easy as you think, especially when you're diagramming football plays and have really crazy notes. And I really do believe there is a knowledge transfer when you put pen to paper. So my mission was to get that book and all of my other football notes and put it into a new book. Let's say that was like a five-subject notebook. I've now broken it up into a ten-subject notebook. And it took a long time. This thing might have taken me a few weeks to do. And then, you know, to me, there was a mini-mission involved every day of maybe taking a section of that book, the old book, and putting it into the new black book. But now it is complete. That's done. Second mission, when that was done, I actually asked permission from Jimmy Yusuke. I said, look, can I start a new mission? He said, permission to approve, let's go. And uh, I said, all right. I'm going to now really dive into this underground secrets of lifting to be faster by Barry Ross. So what I've been doing for the last few weeks is every day dedicating myself to learning something either by experimenting with the techniques or doing research on it or trying to get in contact with coaches or do something to learn how to utilize the weight room to run faster and also utilize what we're doing in our tough man training to have guys execute the tough man more quickly. And it was, again, it was not easy to pick this mission. Why did I pick James Yuski? Uh, there's a hundred different reasons why. I think in many ways we are alike. We're very analytical. I think we're both kind of introverts. And I think that we'd like to think about things before we actually go and do them. And I felt that even before this happened, I started confiding in him with some of my thoughts, some of my doubts, some of my fears. And then I thought, well, why is he the guy to do this? And I think part of it is that I didn't coach Jimmy Yuski in football. I felt like I was allowing myself to be more vulnerable to him because I never had to be in a position to tell Jimmy Yuski to go run through a wall on a fourth and one and he had to trust me with his life. I feel like there was just a, a barrier that I didn't cross with him that allowed me to talk to him a certain way. But at the same time, I have such respect for the man that he is and the things that he's done and the things that he's about to do that I knew that he would understand where I was coming from. I also felt like he was a guy that behind the scenes... He called me out a lot before this started. He'd be very honest with me and tell me, like, this is dumb. Why are you doing this? Or, you know, he'd throw, like, some triple sarcastic backhanded jab that made me think, like, is he complimenting me or is he calling me out? I didn't know, but I, I love the way that we had this going back and forth. So he's, he's a reason that I picked him as my guy. There were some other guys I considered, like a Joe Derrida, but I felt with his uh, hardcore personality and the way I would react to it, I'd probably end up working myself to the ground and, and being completely and totally, you know, <laughs> miserable from trying to impress this guy who was like as hard as hardcore gets. So Derrida, you were a heavy consideration, but I decided to go with someone that wasn't going to make me try and destroy myself underneath a barbell. Okay, so what impact did having an accountability coach have on me progressing towards my mission? It was huge. It was huge. It forced me every single day to do stuff. There was stuff days that I did not want to do it. Man, I don't feel like filling in this book. I did it. I go on vacation with my wife. I brought the book. I did it. There was no time. I, I had to find time. I did it because I didn't want to let Jimmy Yusuke down. I felt like I'm going to let him down if he doesn't think that I'm getting this stuff done every day. 
And I also felt like it did make me feel like the mission was bigger than me. Because as part of what I was doing, as I'm putting stuff in the black book, or I'm doing the underground secrets researches, I'm trying to bring him along with me. Hey, Jimmy, this is what I found out about the air raid offense. Hey, Jimmy, this is what I found out about data analytics. Hey, Jimmy, this is what I found out about deadlifting at this percentage and this type of sprint. I wanted him to be on this journey with me, and I felt like he was. There were times where I almost felt like we were on the same mission, even though it wasn't his mission, but it really helped. And I'm telling you, without having to be accountable to that guy... I wouldn't have done it every day. My mind is too flighty. I would have picked something else. You know, I would have done something else every single day rather than every day hammer away at that black book. And thank God I did because I would have never got it done. The next question. Did being on a mission change your mindset more than simply having a goal? Absolutely. There was many a days where I, I said, I want somebody to look at me and say, this guy's on a mission. My wife knew it. Why are you always writing stuff in that book? I'm on a mission. Why are you always writing stuff? What are you doing? Why are you bringing on vacation? I'm on a mission. It's not a goal anymore. This is a mission that I'm on. I'm being, I'm being psychotic about it, but a mission accomplished. What was the hardest part of the process? For me, the hardest part of the process was reporting daily because, you know, you really, it, it forced me, and it wasn't about the mission part. It was about the other stuff. Like, man, I got to find something to be grateful for. Man, I got to make sure I did something for someone else every day. It, it was really stressing me out because, uh, I don't know. You'll, you'll see some of these guys, maybe they took days off or they didn't report in, but man, I'm a rules guy. I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it every day. And it could be 8 o'clock and I say, oh God, I, I forgot I forgot to do something nice for somebody today. Or maybe I did and I forgot what it was. What's going on? So the hardest part was that reporting daily. And I, I'll say this. I didn't miss a day, but there were days that I definitely reported like the next morning. Like I just forgot to get that last text into Uski. And I said, Monday morning, I'd say, hey, here's what I did, here's what I did on Sunday. Sorry. And then I'd give them two that day. What did you learn about yourself? Sorry, the next question. What did you learn about yourself from having to do one thing for someone else every day? Uh, I learned that uh, a lot of what I did, I did try and do things for people every day, but I, it was hard to exclude the stuff that was going on in advanced training from outside of the mission. So uh, it, it, that, that was hard. Or it was hard if like you weren't around anybody on an off day. Right, I'm home alone on a Sunday. There's nobody there. I'm vegging out because I'm exhausted from the week. Man, now I got to go do something. Now I got to go do something. The next question was, what did you learn about yourself from having to report out on what you were grateful for? What I realized was, is that to me, it's the, the littlest things that truly make me happy. And it's the things that I need to focus on more when I am bent out of shape out of all the big things. And my dad was great at this when I was a kid. You weren't allowed to be upset in the Mahoney house. You were never allowed to be upset, no matter how bad things were. He would come in and be like, could be worse, right? Like, you could have, like, two broken legs. He'd say, it could be worse, you know? You could be deathly ill right now. You could be on a deathbed and unable to breathe. You, you weren't allowed to feel sad. And there are constant reminders in my life that when I feel sad, I feel like, not to get too religious here, but I always felt like God would put situations around me to make me feel grateful and just having to report that out to Jimmy and and this is also nice you know he gets this sneak peek inside my head to see little stupid things that I'm grateful for and maybe he thinks it's corny but uh I guess at this point I don't care <laughs> sorry Jimmy all right last thing what did you learn about your coach along the way so what I learned about Jimmy is that I feel like he's a hell of a lot more understanding than I thought he was so when he used to send me the uh, the sarcastic notes back or when he would hold what it seemed like as a coach, he would hold me to such a high level 
even before this started, I felt like he held me to the highest of high levels. I'm setting up a challenge. Was it right? If I'm uh, clicking a button on a stopwatch, was it to the uh, millisecond, you know? I felt like he held me to such a standard that he was going to rip me a new one every single time I didn't hit a home run. And he, there were days where I felt like I, maybe I hit a single or a sacrifice fly, and he was like, all right, man, you did okay today. You did okay. Let's pick it up a little bit more tomorrow. But he never really said, like, you suck. <laughs> and, and maybe he felt like he couldn't do that because of the relationship we're in, but I felt like there were times where he gave me the right encouragement when I needed it, but it was never, like, the bad encouragement. Like, you let me down, man. It was always like, okay, today's, a, today's one day. Tomorrow's the next day. Let's go back and get him. So, Jimmy, thank you. You are now inside of my head. I'm assuming your life will never be the same. This is Joe Sarno on coaching Jimmy Yusuke. All right. Now switching gears, going on to my coaching. And this is something that personally, um, you know, I spoke to coach about. And it's something that I'm disappointed in myself about just because I didn't have the time to do this. You know, I didn't, with everything going on in my life, I didn't give myself enough time to, you know, help out my mentor. I mean, uh, my mentee. So my mentee uh, was Jimmy Yusuke. And what a fucking guy, man. What a guy to mentor. What a guy to just soak up as much as I possibly can, you know. And a lot different than a lot of other people is, you know, Jimmy reached out to me. You know, he texted me. He said, hey, like, this is what I was grateful for today. This is what, um, this is how I helped someone else today. And, you know, told me his goals, told me his mission, all this stuff. And he texted me every day. If it wasn't every day, it was every other day, right? He was on top of it. And I told him after the first day, I said, Jim, I'm pretty swamped right now with my life. But if you send it, I'll read it, man. You just got to give me time. Give me time, and I promise I'll never let you down with it. All right? And I, I tried my best to do that. I hope that, hope that he saw it that way. I hope he didn't just see it as, you know, this, this big juch is, is just screwing me over. All right? So, um, so, yeah, and getting into it. What was the most challenging part? of being someone's coach. And for me, it was just a time constraint, you know, and that's basically what I just said. Uh, what did you learn about the person you were coaching? So I learned about a little bit more about Jimmy's, you know, his dreams and about his, you know, his aspirations, all the stuff that he wants to do. You know, I didn't know that he did half the stuff. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring it up on the podcast. I'm not going to say anything about it, but you know, this is a big thing. He's got some big things on the agenda and I can't wait for him to really take off and keep going with it. You know, so I learned a lot about him. Uh, one thing I learned was that I didn't realize he was looking to be a coach himself. Um, I didn't realize he was looking to go and get a CSCS. I didn't realize he was looking to study for a cert, um, which, you know, I just did that recently. You know, I just passed my, my first certification four or five months ago. And, yeah, it's been it's been on the roll ever since. Right, so that was something I could definitely help him out with. I was definitely able to, you know, show him resources that I used to, to get to there. Um. Did coaching someone else change you in any way? So I guess this kind of gets back to, you know, who I am. You know, I'm a coach through and through. You know, every time I walk in the door, I try to be the coach in the room. You know, I try to help out as many people as I possibly can. So um, for that one, I don't think it changed me anyway. Just because, you know, I am a coach. That's it. You know, I, I've always done it. I always will do it. It's what I love. It's what I'm passionate about. Um, did I learn anything about myself? Um, yes. And this is something that, you know, when I reached out, when Coach Manos now, Coach Manos texts me every so often, 
you know, he texts me a video. And it's a Jason Garrett video of him talking to his coach, his um, high school football coach. And Jason Garrett was a quarterback in high school, a quarterback, you know, when he was playing ball. Playing ball. And when he was playing ball, his coach used to tell him every time, in the pocket, stand tall, stand tall, stand tall. Right? So now Jason Garrett keeps getting into it, and he's telling him, he's like, all I keep hearing in my head is stand tall, stand tall, stand tall. Right? So now Jason Garrett's going through the trials and tribulations of life and always thinking in his head, stand tall, stand tall, stand tall. You know? Something goes wrong, stand tall, stand tall, stand tall. You know? Something goes right, stand tall, stand tall, stand tall. Right? So the reason why am I telling you this story? The reason I'm telling you this story is that we, as coaches, you never really know the impact that you have on someone else. So when you are coaching and everything like this, you, you just can't take it for granted. So it's something, coaching is a gift, and you just can't take it for granted. So I guess that's something I learned along the way. All right. And, yeah, besides that, that's it. Um, huge thank you for to Joe Trunzo for being my mentor, and huge thank you to Jim Yusuke for being my mentee, I guess. All right? And I hope we continue it for a long, long time. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a great time. This is Jimmy Yusuke on Living His Mission. What was your mission? My mission basically summarized was or is to get my daily life as disciplined as possible. So really, if someone were to come to me and ask what I've been up to during quarantine, they would ask themselves, how the hell have I had all this time uh, to do all these things? How did I, how did you select your mission? Um, I selected my mission because I'm trying to, to really get myself on track. Uh, to accomplish a lot in my life right now. Uh, in my personal life, I'm trying to buy a home. I just got engaged in February, so I finished planning a wedding. Uh, and I got a dog with my fiance about a year ago, so I'm trying to be as responsible a dog parent as I can be with him. Um, and it's challenging at times. Also, I'm studying for a certification at work, I'm studying for a strength and conditioning coach certification. And I'm trying to continue my basketball coaching into the fall, even though there's no season. Um, and then on top of it all, add the fact that I'm trying to get myself promoted at work um, by the end of next year so I can be on the fast track to really be, become a manager at work, which is ultimately my goal um, to manage or, in essence, coach um, other individuals. Um, and the work part takes up a whole ton of time because it requires a lot of learning in my job and, and really taking on new things, uh, which is very challenging and, quite frankly, scary at times because I don't want to mess up and and even set myself back. Um, so therefore, this mission became really more about how can I organize accomplishing and attacking all of this on a day-by-day -day basis. Um, the hardest part of selecting this as your mission, I guess, really thinking about it was how can I set measuring sticks for myself along the way for this goal? You know, I felt that in itself, uh, you know, setting the measuring sticks in itself could be a small mission. Um, therefore, you know, really, I just kind of jumped right into it and not really thought too much about the measuring sticks, sticks part, but just get after it each day. Uh, so maybe in hindsight, I should have put more time into the planning phase of it all, um, but we really didn't have too much time. What impact did having an accountability coach have on your progressing towards your mission? Um, really, you know, having 
the great Joe Sarno as my coach definitely made it tougher to just turn on the TV for a few hours instead of opening the books to study or plan for my outdoor basketball clinics um, that I've set up on weekends for kids. Um, so really, he's, you know, he's someone that's great at holding you accountable and he's also a good motivator. So, you know, that was, that's definitely, a, definitely something he's helped um, towards my mission. Um, did it ever make you feel like you're letting that person down? Not quite. I don't think Joe cares too much if I don't check in daily. I think we have an understanding that if I'm not checking in, I should be busy getting stuff done. Uh, so he pretty much put it to me in different words, but really the only person I'm letting down here is me. Did it ever make you feel like the mission was bigger than you? Because now your coach was a part of it too. <clears throat> At times, yes. Really, I didn't want to be a burden on him um, in terms of making him feel responsible for this in any way. But now there was someone else who, who knew what I wanted to get done. Um, so basically, it's out there. So if you think about it, the coach is keeping an eye on that journey you're taking. So really, it's bigger than just you. Um, next question. Did being on a mission change your mindset more than simply having a goal? Yeah. Uh, to me, the mission really is like the ribbon at the end of the finish line that you want to run through. Um, what you do every step of the way to get there are essentially the goals. Um, and you need to accomplish those goals to, to really move on. So really the goals are the subcomponents of the mission in my mind. Next question. What was the hardest part of this process? Uh, for me, it was, or it has been reporting daily, I guess. Um, I felt, I still feel it's tough to measure myself against the overall mission each day. And some days are better than others, but when you aggregate a few days in a row, you get to see what a nice chunk you've accomplished, whereas you might lose sight of that on a daily, day-by-day -day basis. Um, you know, it's kind of like weighing yourself. You know, if you want to lose 40 pounds and you're looking at the scale daily, you're going to go nuts because some days are not great. Um, but if you look maybe once every two weeks and you see eight pounds gone, you feel good. Um, and also Joe is great um, in painting the picture for me early on. He basically told me, you know, he gave me a great analogy um, that I think about still. Um, he told me that this mission is like really a giant puzzle for me. Um, and some days you'll only get a few pieces down. Some days you'll get many. And some days you may just need to, to make adjustments um, instead of adding pieces because there could be some pieces that are out of place or misaligned. Um, so the key is really to just keep at it each day um, and you'll get there. Uh, it's the days you get none, nothing done that, that hurt you. And, you know, by checking in daily, let's say you, you didn't do it, um, really that, that sort of momentum you don't want to build for yourself. Um, so there. So there you go. Next question. What did you learn about yourself from having to report on what you were grateful for? Um, I learned it's, I guess it's easy to forget that, that we should all be grateful for the little more non-material things in life, like, you know, like, like family and friends and, and just overall relationships we build and, and also how we should really not take for granted the, the material things we are afforded um, living here in this country, like, like running water, food at the ready, air conditioning, etc. cetera, um, because not everyone has, you know, these things to, that we consider basics. Um, next question, what did you learn about yourself from having to do one thing for someone else daily? Uh, so I, I guess Joe actually called it out to me early on that I, I tend to go out of my way for others. Um, it was something he was noticing. Um, even when I'm in the middle of 10 different things. So really that's, that's something I, I strive for in life. Uh, but not something I thought I was, you know, really good at. 
So this helped me realize, you know, maybe I might be better at it than I thought. So, you know, ultimately, I think this is something we should all strive for, you know, helping others just because it's it's the right thing to do. You know, it's it's our duty, not 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 to do it for glory. Next question. What did you learn about your coach along the way? Um, how did your relationship with your coach help you or someone else? Um, you know, I, I have to say I've known Joe for a bunch of years now, and he's really transformed um, from when I first met him till now. You know, he's matured into a successful guy by many standards and, and quite frankly, is someone I look up to in some regards. Um, so I'm proud of him. I'm proud to be someone that's really in his inner circle through advanced training. Um, and ultimately, I wanted to get I wanted him to get to know me a little more um, on a personal level because I think we work well together, um, sort of a yin and yang thing, and we may have more in common, you know, than we than we originally thought. Um, and really, the way he holds me accountable during this mission is, is something I I want to aim to do as a coach myself. This is Joe Moretzko on coaching Pete Baraji. On coaching. What was the most challenging part of being someone else's coach? Was it hard to find the time? Was it hard to give feedback? Was it hard to press the person you were coaching to report back in daily? Um, at first, no one asked me to be a coach. So I, not only did I feel slighted, but um, I mean, I guess it was fine. People want to ask different people for different reasons. I don't know exactly what my uh, image is in advanced training, but uh, when Pete asked me, I was definitely honored. I uh, definitely appreciated it and wanted to give him not only my best effort, but uh, ultimately just to help him because I want to help people anyway. Um, and as part of this exercise, definitely wanted to help him achieve his mission. So it was, uh, again, going back to the whole texting thing, it's not hard to find time to text necessarily, uh, but to sit down and to really dig into different things. We didn't really have full-on conversations always about the mission specifically, uh, about being grateful for things. So uh, I think the time aspect on to give that 100% of the due diligence and uh, the credit that it deserves, uh, the timing thing I, I would work on for the next month, the next time we do something like this. Uh, I felt perfectly fine giving them feedback, uh, whether it was tough love uh, or just, you know, helping hand. And, you know, again, that's uh, a couple days where we did go Without reporting, uh, it fell on both of us again because both of us were each other's coach. So, um, you know, you try your best to keep up on it and hold that other person accountable as well. What did you learn about the person you were coaching? What surprised you the most? Um, I don't know. I like I said, I had the utmost respect for Pete going into this. I he's much more uh, busy than I ever thought. Again, you don't know anybody aside from working out with them. So I don't know what he was doing out in his personal life. I do know some of his friends. I know they're great guys as well. Um, love to golf. But as far as how busy he is at work, how well respected he is at work, it doesn't surprise me, but it's something I didn't know when I learned about him. Uh, that especially now he just got a great offer with another company and uh, he's going to do big things for them. But, you know, I assume he is just as much of a man on the job as he is off of it, uh, commanding respect, doing the right thing always, working hard. Uh, you're not going to find a guy that works much harder than Pete Raji. So um, nothing really surprised me, uh, except, like I said, the fact that um, he is going through the same plight as me. We're both uh, 
since high school, since I really was close to him last. We've both put on a few pounds as life gets to you over the years, college, etc. cetera. Uh, having money in your pocket, going out to dinners, all that fun stuff. But uh, we're both trying to get back after it and get better every day. Did coaching someone else change you in a way? Did you learn anything new about yourself? And were you inspired to make any changes in your own personal life? Uh, yeah, just to wrap this all up, I mean, it's all kind of summarized in, in everything I've said so far that um, it was really great to have Pete uh, as my coach and to coach him. Uh, we worked well together, I think, because, again, it just boils down to having that extra motivation, that extra accountability, um, and that extra person in the ring there with you. This is Joe Marechko on being coached by Pete Baraji. And I have to say before this even starts that I was originally Joe Marechko's coach. And I fired myself because I was not getting the job done. I'm not saying that I am a bad accountability coach. I'm just saying in this scenario, I was not the right person. It wasn't working. He was not reporting back to me daily. I was completely and totally miserable about him not reporting back to me daily. If you listen to my section with Yuski, I felt like I had to report back daily and here's this guy not coming back to me. And I feel like, why didn't he feel like he needed to do that for me? And then I realized, because he didn't. I'm not the guy. And I'm so glad that he picked Pete because the second he picks Pete, you see this massive transformation in Joe Barechko. Like, I'm glad he's the last guy on this podcast because I, when I'm thinking about somebody on a mission, I'm looking at this guy on a mission. He is on a mission right now, and you could see it. You could feel it. Uh, I'm not going to say too much more, but Joe, I'm glad that I fired myself. And Pete, thank you for taking over, man. You did a, a bang-up job. My coach in the first place was Coach Mahoney. Uh, I had asked him to be my accountability coach. Uh, he felt he was not doing a great enough job uh, at keeping me accountable or keeping on top of it, so he asked me to uh, find a new one. I then asked Pete Baraji who we actually did not have one at the time, so he asked me to be his, and it kind of worked out well, where we both uh, would check in on each other, uh, give each other tips, and uh, you know keep in touch very constantly about it. So um, on being coached, what was your mission? My mission was uh, to not drink for the whole month of August. So those of you who know me know I am in the wine and spirits industry and know my social life tends to be the... Uh, my biggest uh, hazard and my biggest road bump into ever achieving any of my weight loss goals or anything of the sort. So my mission was to really buckle down, um, take the month of August where, especially during quarantine, uh, I've even had a hard time with weighing back on my social life. But uh, to say the least that August, I didn't see anything in the calendar that would be a big hindrance. I didn't have any weddings, any parties, any kind of barbecues or anything like that in the schedule. So I decided August was going to be the month where I really put my medal to the test and did not have one sip of alcohol from the last minute of July until uh, September 1st, where I did imbibe uh, at dinner one small glass of wine. But having to say that, the hardest part of selecting this mission was just that I had to really assess myself, reassess myself time and time again. Uh, leading up to this selection and had to decide what was my biggest um, roadblock into getting to where I needed to be and all signs kept pointing back to uh, alcohol. So again, whether it was at work, uh, whether it was coming home and just having some friendly glasses with my wife or 
obviously getting after it on the weekends with my friends, um, especially during quarantine. I think a lot of people have experienced drinking more. Um, so I think that was uh, something that I really, really needed to buckle down with, and I'm glad that I did. What impact did having an accountability coach have on you progressing towards your mission? Did it ever force you to take action on days where you just didn't feel like it? Did it ever make you feel like you were letting that person down? And did it ever make you feel like the mission was bigger than you because now your coach was a part of it too? I'd say yes to all three. Uh, the impact that my accountability coach had on me was it made me feel like somebody was in the fight with me. Um, even when Coach Mahoney in the first place, we've had many different uh, experiments in the past where he was quote-unquote account- accountability coach um, without that title. We hadn't put it into a title back then, but um, whenever you have somebody holding your feet to the fire, you always feel definitely more in tune and and, and responsible for what you're doing. Uh, makes you think twice about everything, like even that small voice in the back of your head it's not only just your conscience now where you can easily be persuaded and talk yourself and, and convince yourself that things are going to be okay uh, as to me, you know, to have that extra drink, maybe to have that dessert, uh, whatever it may have been. But now uh, working with Pete Baraji, uh successfully, I'd say I was able to not only he, he was also fasting. So it helped me challenge myself there as well uh, to go back to the intermittent fasting, which I was successful with in the past. Um, but it definitely keeps you accountable and, and keeps somebody in touch. Like I said, just instead of being in the ring by yourself, uh, you have somebody right there in your corner motivating you, keeping you uh, honest, keeping you accountable, and making sure that you are getting after your mission every day, not just a couple days a week, not just once a week when we may have workouts or whatever the case may be. It's a constant text chain. Uh, I was glad to learn more about Pete. I was glad to get closer to Pete, I feel we did. And it really worked. So it uh, definitely made the mission feel much bigger than just some simple, silly one-month trial for myself. Did, the, did being on a mission change your mindset more than simply having a goal? Yes, that's, uh, it, it's funny that just changing the words and putting the, the word mission into the sentence as opposed to goal. Uh, goal is something that I feel people set and they want to attain. Whereas a mission is something definitive uh, with an end point, with an end game, with an end result, and you either fail or you succeed in that mission. Where a goal uh, might be set too lofty at times, so it's not truly attainable, it's not a smart goal, um, it's not necessarily measurable, uh, but a mission definitely is, and that was the biggest difference to me as far as how I thought about it. What was the hardest part of this process? Finding the right coach, being honest with your coach, received feedback from your coach, or reporting daily? I'd say reporting daily just because uh, the age and and life that we all live now. Um, Yes, it is easier, obviously, to just text somebody. You don't have to wait for a phone. You don't have to find a pay phone to call them. You don't have to beep somebody anymore. Um, You can just shoot a text. So on that part of it, it was easy, but... Also, obviously, people work. People have different things going on. You're on the golf course. Maybe you check in when I'm in the middle of an appointment and I forget to get back to you later in the day until maybe at night, whatever the case may be. But uh, the other three, I I did feel that I found the right coach. I I think Coach Mahoney obviously is always the right coach when he puts his mind to it. But uh, it was was a great stroke of luck to uh, agree to Pete Baraji and have him ask me to be his as well. I think that really worked out. Um, being honest, again, I have known Pete for a long time. Uh, I 
don't feel any need to hold back from him. I think both uh, the fact that I do know him on a personal level, but also he's part of advanced training, so I'm close with him in that respect. But I also think that he and I are both on the same page with our goals and wanting to shed weight, um, wanting to get better at the tough man stuff, things like that. That also had a huge part in the success for us both, um, that we're not ashamed, we're not afraid, we're not embarrassed to say, yeah, uh, went a little overboard on uh, you know chicken cutlets last night, uh, so I really got to buckle down today, have a salad for lunch, whatever the case may be. Um, I think it's that is imperative that you do not hold back, that you are 100% honest, because if you can't be honest with somebody else, you definitely won't be honest with yourself, in my opinion. Um, I think most people will say you're not going to be honest with yourself, you can't be honest with others, but I, I think it's vice versa where, I mean, if if I'm not embarrassed or ashamed to talk to Pete, I'm definitely not going to be embarrassed of myself, and I'm going to try to put my best foot forward. And I was not always like that. I did not always have that mindset, but uh, it's something that I realized not only during this, but over the past couple months, um, and it's beneficial to me. What did you learn about yourself from having to report out on what you were grateful for? Uh, This was something that Pete and I didn't necessarily always keep up on, So, um, but once I this mission and everything was put towards us from Coach Mahoney. Um, I had a serious conversation with my fiance, not only about the mission itself and the part of the mission to be grateful, but just the thought process behind it. Um, we talked about many different examples of people on Instagram, uh, friends, things that we've read from books, things that we've read from magazines and articles, all about how if you change your perspective and you are more grateful, uh, you you see life in a different light. You see people in a different light. Uh, you see a lot of different things, and you experience life in a different way as well, uh, in in a much more positive manner. So I think that being grateful is a huge thing. Um, I think it's important to uh, some people do journals. Uh, some people wake up and write down right away what you're grateful for, and then check back at night. Uh, I've heard that as a process and, and see if you're grateful for that again or if you found something else during the day that you're grateful for. Um, so, yes, we did both uh, at times say what we were grateful for. A lot of it had to revolve around our current situations, whether it was uh, dealing something with COVID, dealing with people at work, dealing with our fiancés and wife. He, he's married. Uh, they're you know going through living together, having a house, things like that. Um, but always appreciative and grateful for their partnership, um, our our friendship and our partnership through advanced training and all the guys that are there, Coach Mahoney's guidance, things of that nature. Um, it was You learn more about yourself and what you should truly be grateful for and how other people are not nearly as lucky as us. Um, even the worst things that we have to deal with on a daily basis, things that piss us off maybe for half the day or the full day, uh, it's a drop in the bucket compared to what some people have to go through. So when you see it through that perspective and that light, it really changes your whole outlook. What did you learn about yourself from having to do one thing for someone else every day? Uh, this was interesting to me because I try to already do something for everybody every day. I mean, uh, one, it's an aim in my job to try to not only sell, but uh, to take care of people and customer service standpoint. Um, but to go out of your way to make sure that maybe it's something as easy as setting the table, um, maybe bringing the wash from your bedroom down to the washroom, things of that nature, that it's just a very small sign of appreciation for maybe a significant other, um, 
you know, if somebody's depending on you to do something, maybe you do it a little early, make their life easier, whatever it can be. Um, again, I think in a hectic world, in a high tech world, people are always gimme, gimme, gimme. It's all about me, especially in social media. Um, but once you start thinking outside the box and think about more than yourself, it's very easy to find many, many ways over the course of a day to impact others in a positive way and uh, go out of your way to do something. What did you learn about your coach along the way? How did your relationship with your coach help you coach someone else? So again, going back to it, uh, I didn't know Pete. Uh, we were, we've always been friendly, even since high school. Uh, I have utmost respect for him as a man. Um, and I, I, like I said, I enjoy getting closer to him, talking on a daily basis. We would always talk about food. We'd talk about relationships. We'd talk about um, working out and different exercises, things of that nature. So um, again, just being close with him, getting closer with him and realizing that I'm not the only one with the same plight of trying to lose weight, trying to live better, uh, going through different things at work. I know Pete just changed jobs or he's changing jobs. So he was going through an interview process the past few weeks. Um, so a lot of things, we, we both golf. Um, so we're talking about our struggles on the golf course. So it, it, it helped me relate to him in that manner in many different ways, not just the mission, but that makes you more comfortable. And because he had asked me, uh, I feel like it allowed me to feel much more comfortable with motivating him, trying to tell him, you know, keep on the right track or get back on track if he if he skewed for a little bit uh, with a meal or a night out or whatever the case may be. So um, it, it, I think it really helped uh, to know more about him and to get a better understanding of his life, his personality, and everything he's going through on a day-to-day basis. This episode is brought to you by Lark Media. Did you ever feel like you had a message that the whole world absolutely needed to hear? You take it, you package it, you bundle it, you send it out there, and then boom! No response. Well, if that's you, don't be disappointed. It might not be that your message is bad. It might be that you're not delivering it the right way. And this is where our friends over at Lark Media can help. These guys are masters of marketing. They've done things for advanced training where they've come in. They've taken documentaries of our work, and they not only captured what it looks like, but they captured what it feels like to be a part of what we do. They've also made motion graphics that we use before and after our YouTube videos. If you need help, please contact Steve at LarkMediaNYC.com. Again, that's Steve at Lark, L-A-R-K, MediaNYC.com. Tell them that Advanced Trading sent you, and they'll take 10% off.